0: thank you so much for that and I, yeah, I I needed that so thank you so much for that and so good to be back here again at Platte Valley Baptist and every time I've been here God has just done a work in my life. Uh, it is great to have my better half with me and in 50 days we will have been married 40 years. August 16th is our our wedding anniversary. 1980. So in 50 days Mary Lee and I will have been married. Mary Lee stand up for just a minute. It's great to see Mary Lee and I love traveling with her and I praise God for uh as well. It's good to see my old roommate, Tom. Tom Hendricks and I were together uh, for one year, it seemed like four, but it was <laughs> probably probably more on my of fo- my part as well. All right. So all the kids got new Bibles. So all you kids who got new Bibles, turn to page 293 in your Bible, which is Romans chapter number 1. So everyone, take your Bibles. We're going to use our Bibles today. Aren't you glad you have a copy of the Word of God? Man, I'll tell you what, America's taken everything else away, but we still have God's Word, and we still have a risen Savior. So we ought to thank God for that, and that we can still meet in freedom and preach. And I want to encourage you today. I want to equip you today. I have no idea your burdens and your needs. I know I'm going through some things. And again, that song was just what I needed. But I want to tell you something. You have Jesus Christ as your... How many of you can recall a time? You may not remember the date. You not, may not remember the exact date or the week or the month or what. Maybe not even the year. But you know in your heart there was a day. Where by faith alone, you asked the Son of God, Jesus Christ, to be your Savior. You may not remember what you prayed. You may not be sure about, you know, I don't know what I prayed that day. I don't know the words I said. But I remember, I asked Christ to forgive me of the sin that should have condemned me for eternity in hell. I asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior. Not sure of the day, not sure what I prayed, but I know I asked Christ. If that's true, would you raise your hand? Well, then let me tell you something, friend. If you had your hand up just then, you have the answer for everything that's going on in America. You have the vaccine. No, not for COVID-19. You have the vaccine for sin. That's the blood of Jesus Christ. And that'll cleanse you from sin. And my friend, all of the hatred and anger and tension in our land... You have the answer for that. That answer is not a place, a program, or an amount of money. That answer is a person, and it's Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you something, church. we got to stop being timid and ashamed of what we have in Jesus Christ because America needs it. Look at Romans chapter 1. This is not my text. But I wanted to start this way. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, it says, For I am not, everyone in this auditorium together, what's the next word? For I am not ashamed. Not ashamed of what? Well, I'm ashamed of my life. There's a lot of things I've done I'm ashamed of. There'd be things that we could bring back from my past that I'd be ashamed of. There's things that have happened that I could be ashamed of, but I'm telling you one thing I am not ashamed of. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God on the salvation. And I just want to tell you, church, we cannot any longer be timid or ashamed of what we have in Christ. There's a way to present it, but we should never be ashamed of it. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what kind of people you are, what nation you are. Doesn't matter. It is the power of God to salvation for all of mankind. Now, you're in Romans chapter 1, so kids, you should be able to turn over to Romans chapter 12 pretty easy. So look over at Romans chapter 12. This is not our text, but we get my title of my message from this verse. Romans chapter 12, and look at the very last verse. By the way, the greatest chapter in the entire Bible on personal relationships is Romans chapter 12. It doesn't matter if you're struggling with any personal relationship at all, there's a verse in Romans 12 for you. But notice how Romans 12 ends. Romans 12 and verse 24. Be not overcome. So let's learn a little Greek, okay? Let's learn a little Greek word today, all right? Does anyone here know what the Greek word for overcome is there? You actually do know the word. Some of you have it on your feet. The word for overcome is the word Nike. That's the word. Nike or Nikeo. And it has the idea of victor, conqueror. You are an overcomer. You are a Nike. Be not overcome of evil. You should conquer evil. You should be victorious over evil. Brother Scheller, have you been watching the news lately? Unfortunately, a little, yes. Man, evil is winning in America. Well, let me tell you something. The Bible says... Be not overcome by evil. But look what it says. You can conquer it. Be not overcome of evil, but be a conqueror. Nike, overcome evil with, everyone together? Good. Title of my message. How to overcome evil with good. Now, Plant Valley Baptist Church, we need to be equipped when we leave today On how to overcome evil with good. And there's evil in Fort Morgan. There's evil in Colorado. There's evil in America. Hey, listen. There's sometimes evil in our own home, is there not? You can overcome evil with what? Everyone together. Overcome evil with? With good. Okay, well that's easy said, Brother Shetler. How do you do that? That is the question. So take your Bibles now and turn to children, young people, turn to page 443 in that little Bible. 443, the rest of us turn to 1 Peter chapter number 3. In your little, boy, don't you thank God for the Gideons? I praise the Lord for the Gideons. I really do, and I love these little Bibles. I am going to tell you something, though. Either, Either the Gideons have changed their type or my eyes are gone, I'm telling you. But I, can, I can't even read that. I had the hardest time reading that page number there. But uh, these are great. By the way, these are great soul-winning Bibles. To lead other people to Christ, Mark the Romans wrote in it. And these are great, young people. It's great that you have a copy of the Scripture. And if you know one of the Gideons that brought that today, make sure, young people, you thank them for the copy of the Scripture that you got and for the Gideons. First Peter chapter 3, now we're in our text. We've got our title, How to Overcome Evil with? Oh. Everyone together, how to overcome evil with good. good. All right, here we go. Here's our text now, 1 Peter chapter 3. Let's stand and I'll read it out loud and then we'll have a word of prayer. 1 Peter chapter 3, what a passage. Just think about everything that's going on. And think about your Christianity in America right now. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind. Come on, church, we've got to all get together here. Be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be. Good job. You guys are doing great. Now here's our text Not, not, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise, blessing knowing that ye are there unto called. You are not called to give back evil for evil. You are not called to rail on somebody or slander somebody that slandered you. You are not called to get back at somebody and give them the justice that they deserve. You are called to give them back a blessing when they give you evil. That ye should inherit a blessing. You're going to get rewarded for this. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil. Man, get away from it. And do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. And God's people said, amen. And his ear, that means that the potter's always watching. I'm telling you, that was a good song. And his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is, oh, there's our word again, that which is good. But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I know you're standing, but I want you all to look up here for just a minute. Let me tell you what's going to happen this afternoon and tonight, and I am absolutely thrilled to be here. Thane Monday is going to defend the faith that he believes he's supposed to preach the rest of his life now let me tell you what you as a church are going to do and let me tell you what you as a church are not going to do you first of all not going to do you as a church are not going to ordain thing monday today god has already done that Thane, do you believe god's called you to preach yes that's settled Platte Valley doesn't determine that Thane goes into the preaching ministry. God's determined that. However, Thane ought to be able to give an answer for the hope that dwelleth in him. Amen? If he's going to get out there and he's going to preach, he better be able to defend his faith. We should have recognized in this young man the life of Christ and God's calling. I got a sense that your church has sensed that. You know what? God's hand is on this young man. I will tell you this, I have worked with him and he's even been in my office. I've been his boss for a period of time. I believe without a a doubt, God's hand is on this young man and that God's going to use him. But you know what? Today, he needs to defend his faith. And he needs to be able to give an answer for the hope that dwelleth in him. So it is fabulous that as a church, you're going to question him about what he believes. We should recognize God has called fame. Amen? That's what's going to happen today at this church. That's a great verse. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer. By the way, the rest of you, you ought to be able to give an answer too for the hope that dwelleth in you as well. And then verse 16, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you, do they speak evil of Christians today? Whoa. Never in my life. I'm 63. Never experience what we're going through right now. Whereas they speak evil, they not even speak evil, they say we're the problem. They speak evil of you as of evildoers that they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Father, I pray that we'll equip them today on how to overcome evil with good, whether it's in their marriage, whether it's in their family, whether it's at their workplace whether it's in their community or their state or their country or their world. May we be equipped today on how to overcome evil with good. We'll give you the praise and glory. Lord, it is not an accident that these people are here. And if there's somebody that just a few moments ago could not raise their hand that they've ever received Christ, may they find that Christ is the answer for everything they're searching for. It is Jesus that they need. And may we never be ashamed of that gospel. But Lord, equip us today as believers on how to take this world that's becoming more and more evil and how to be a Nike, a conqueror, a victorious one over evil by being good. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And God's people said, thanks for standing that long. You may be seated. Thank you very much for standing that long. Okay, so first of all, What is evil done or railings giving? The word evil here is a very interesting word. It has the idea of our depravity. When people act like they are, you should not respond by acting the way that they just acted. Now, I want to tell you something. Man is not basically good. Man is basically bad. And that's why we need a Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we, look, and we all got nice clothes on today. We all look so nice today. We all got nice clothes on today. We look good. We, we'll, we'll talk nice to everyone. We'll say niceties. Why? Well, we're at church today. But can I tell you something about everybody in this room? And I'll raise my hand as, as the first one. Every one of us in this room have a depraved nature. Every one of us have a propensity. Every one of us have a nature to do what's wrong. And we are bad. you know what I'm saying? Well, I don't understand how good people could go to hell. No good person is going to go to hell. Let me tell you that right now. Folks, we're all depraved. We all need a Savior. When it says, render not evil for evil, render, don't respond in depravity with someone who just responded in depravity. And I want to say this. If you're struggling with a lost person, and we look at the world, and we see all this, th- this stuff. Hey, if they, don't, if they do not know Christ as their Savior, they are acting like what they are. Do you understand that? We get so, oh, I can't believe how wicked these people are. Yeah, that's because of their depravity, they don't have Christ. That's why we need to get them Christ. So when we say overcome evil with good, what do we mean by the evil? We mean that when people act in their depraved ways. By the way, Marilee and I have been married for 40 years. Let me ask you a question, Marilee. Go ahead. You can answer it. It's all right. It'll be a part of the message. I know what you're going to say. Did you marry a depraved husband? (laughs) You did. And Marilee, I love you more than anything, but I married a depraved wife. Okay? I did. And over 40 years... We've had to overcome our depravity. Don't render evil for evil. Some of you are so cruel to each other in your marriage. And when somebody does wrong, your spouse does you wrong, oh, you are there to do them wrong back. You're rendering evil for evil. So you say, Brother John, how do you overcome this evil with good? I'm glad you asked. There's four words. They all start with F. I'm going to give you the four words, and we're going to look at them. Number one, favor. Number two, forgiveness. Number three, faith. And number four, focus. Let's look at these four words on how to overcome that depravity with good. Number one is favor others over self. Favor others over self. Brother Scheller, when somebody slanders me, I want to get back at them. I know, we all do. We all do. But you need to overcome evil with good. Well, how do you do that? You give favor to others over self. Well, how do you do that? Look at Philippians chapter 2. And and young people, I didn't get the the, the page number on that, so you'll have to find it yourself. Philippians chapter 2, and let's begin reading verse number 1. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ. Yep, there is. If any comfort of love, yep, there sure is. If any fellowship of the Spirit, absolutely. If any bowels and mercies, sure is. Fulfill ye my my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Now that is four-part harmony. Did you catch those four-part harmony there? That ye be like-minded, same love, one accord, one mind. Four-part harmony. Look at verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. Now here it comes. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem, value, favor others better than themselves. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let each esteem or favor others Better than themselves. Brother Shetler, when somebody renders me evil, there's a part of me that just wants to respond back to them. I want to give back to them what they gave to me. I know, I know, we all do. Okay, so you're no different than anyone else. I totally understand that, believe me. Well, Brother Shetler, how do you get to a point that you render onto them A blessing. Because you want to give back to them. Probably not a good deal to cough, around right? (laughs) You want to give back to them what they gave to you. So how do you do this? Okay, number one, you favor others. You value others. You esteem others better than yourself. You look at their respect that they have, and the value that they have. Now, I know the the kids only got uh, New Testament Psalms and Proverbs, but everyone can find this quick. Genesis chapter 1. I want everyone to turn here. We have got to see this. Genesis chapter 1, and you've got to see this. We've got to value other people. Okay, somebody just did you wrong. But you still, they've got, they still have value and esteem, and you've got to favor them. Genesis chapter 1, and I want you to see this for just a second. Look at verse 26. Boy, I, could, I almost thought about preaching just these two verses today. And God said, let us make man in our image. That's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the, the fowl of the air and over the cattle. Now look at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. Now listen to me. You know what makes do you know what makes us valuable? Why are we not like raccoons, bunny rabbits, or deers? Deer. Why are we not like elephants? Who's got more value, a giraffe or a human being? I hear this. Every human being has value and worth. Every human being. Doesn't matter what nation they are. Doesn't matter what color they are. Every human being has value and worth. Why? Because they were created in the image of God. Every one of us have value. We are all one. doesn't matter the color of someone's skin or their speech or their language or where they came from or what nation they came from. Everyone has value and worth because God created them in his image. But then look at this. this is so, we're so messed up. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created him, he him. Then look at this. Male and female. Let's just say those two genders for a moment, everyone together. Male and female. Guys, that's your only two choices. Now this is amazing to me. Everyone stop for just a moment. Look at what mankind has done to this verse. We've got, look at what they've done. We've got thousands of genders. Well, thousands, but dozens. We've got dozens of genders. And we've totally divided man up into all these different parts and places and races. Do you see what God did here? God created one mankind, one human Race and that he did something with that one human race. The only division in the human race has nothing to do with where you're from or who you are. The only division in the human race was gender, and he made them male and female. The world has divided the human race into all kinds of races, and then they've made all gender as one. Just the opposite of what God did. Brother Scheller, get back to your message. Oh, yeah, I will, but I've got to tell you something. The message is, how do you render not evil for evil? Yeah, I'll tell you how you do it. You realize that every human being has respect, and every human being has value. And yes, what they just said about you was bad. What they just did to you was wrong. They gave you evil. But because they are created in the image of God, but because of who they are in God's image, I'm going to favor them. And I'm not going to think of myself greater than them. I went on a mission trip to Africa several years ago. It's been, I think, over 15 years ago. And uh, while we were there, we were in um, Kenya. And I did a week of meetings with a pastor in uh, Nairobi at Thika Road Baptist Church, uh, Pastor Julius. It was the end of the week, and uh, we were having lunch. Phone rings. Pastor Julius goes to get the phone, and he calls me. He says, Jim, Brother Jim, Pastor Jim, come in. The phone's for you. (laughs) Who called me in Kenya, you know? I get over the phone. And he says, "Shuttler, were you gonna give me a call? I'm going, Who in the world is this? Shuttler! I'm going, Yeah, I kind of recognize the voice. Were you ever gonna call me while you were in Kenya? And I'm going, I have no idea who this is. He said, Hey man, you gotta help me a little bit. Help you a little bit. Hey, Shuttler, this is he said his name. I went, Oh man, that's right. One of my old friends is a missionary in in Kenya, Africa, and I forgot all about it. And so he found out I was his Pastor Julius's. He called up. He says, hey, tomorrow, I already talked to Pastor Julius. You're coming out and see my orphanage. I go, okay, man, sounds cool. So we'll go. So I was traveling with another guy, so we both went out there. It was about a two-and-a-half-hour trip from Nairobi, and it was an orphanage, and he picked up street kids. I had no idea what that meant, but he picked up street kids. So we're driving, and he's telling me all about the children, and we go two and a half hours. We get out to the orphanage, and I'm telling you, it was at the base of Mount Kilimanjaro. It was, it was like I was a National Geographic special. There were elephants out there, and it was, we were driving, and we're driving on this bumpy road, and I saw his little compound, all these little huts. He probably had six huts. And we're driving up to it, and i went like, wow, this is really cool. And as we get close... I see something that's kind of odd. The children are coming out.
1: But some of them aren't
0: running. They're like, what, what in the world's wrong? I can't, I can't figure this out. And, and, and we get closer and closer. And as we drive up to the compound, there's 18 children. And I just want to tell you this right now. And I know you think you preachers come and they exaggerate. But I do not believe I exaggerate before my God what I'm about to tell you. I mean this. They were the 18 most gross-looking children I have ever seen in my entire life. Some were missing noses. Some were missing ears. A few had cleft palates. Some had no arms. Some had no legs. They were like monkeys, how they were moving. They were the 18 ugliest children I have ever seen in my life. If one of those kids were in this service right now, you would say, man, did you see the deformity of that kid? He had 18 of them. I looked over at John, and I said, John, he said, they're street kids. I said, yeah. He said, their families discarded them as trash. We literally picked those kids up. i I'd never seen anything like it before. Every one of them were hard to look at, and there were 18 of them. That night we had a meal, and then afterwards we had a singspiration. I had to close my eyes during the singspiration, but I'm going to tell you, I never heard children sing like that. But you couldn't look at them. It was that bad. I just kept my eyes closed and listened to them sing, and it was tremendous. His wife, Wendy, and John led them in songs. They had a prayer time, and they went off to bed. John got me off to the side, and he said, Hey, before you leave tomorrow, you're going to speak in chapel tomorrow to the kids. And I looked at him, and I said, Hey, John, and you got to know Shetler doesn't turn down a speaking opportunity. I said, John, I'm, I'm not. I don't think I can do that tomorrow. Why not? Well, I just, I don't know if I could do the chapel tomorrow. I'll sit in the back. He said, because of the way that they look. And I said, yeah. I just don't know if I, Shetler, you're doing it tomorrow. You're giving the chapel. Well, man, I didn't know what I was going to do. I prayed that night. I got up the next morning. And I was hoping the Lord gave me something. I said, boy, I hope this isn't Shetler. I hope this is the Lord. So I got in this little dirt hut, and they had benches, and the kids are coming in, and they they get up on the benches, and they're they're looking at me, and and I'm sitting there, and I'm standing up, and I get up, and I said, boys and girls, I haven't had breakfast yet this morning, and would it be okay if I just had a banana before I got started? They all go, Brother Jim, eat your banana, eat your banana. I didn't, for, I didn't know for sure what was going to happen. I did have a plan B. I didn't know for sure what was going to happen. But I took the banana. It was all marked up and bruised like this. And I took the banana, and I began to put it in my mouth. Again, uh, to eat it. And all the kids, and I didn't know if they were going to do this or not, but they, all the kids said, no, Brother Jim, no, no, Brother Jim, stop. I said, stop what? Hey, let me just have a banana for breakfast. No, Brother Jim. Outside, no good. Inside, good. I said, what are you talking about? Brother Jim, no, no, outside skin, no good, inside good. I said, I don't understand what you guys are, and I was opening the banana, and like it was the first time I've ever eaten one, you know, and I'm going,
1: oh, oh, look at that,
0: look at, oh, I am good. is so good. Boys and girls, you're right. Outside a banana, not so good. Inside the banana, real good. And I looked at those 18 young people, and I said, "Boys and girls, I've been here for just 24 hours. Can I tell y'all you something? You're outside not so good. But boys and girls, you're inside real good. Boys and girls, Jesus didn't come for this. Jesus came for this. Boys and girls, God has a purpose for every one of you. God loves every one of you. And you don't look so good on the outside. But boys and girls, Jesus died for your souls on the inside to live forever with him. I'll never forget that day. Boy, you could have heard a pin drop on that dirt floor that day because they knew what they looked on the outside. And they thought they had no value, and they thought they had no worth. Brother Shatler, how do you not render evil for evil? Number one, you show favor to other people for the worth and the value that they have. And every child that comes into this auditorium has a value to God. And every person in this church has a worth and a value. And sometimes, maybe your spouse isn't as valuable to you as he or she once was. But I want you to know, your spouse still has value to God. Your children have value to God. Your parents have value to God. And I want to tell you something. If you're ever going to stop rendering evil for evil in our country, don't you just want to don't you just want to fight back to all these people that are destroying everything in our country? No, no. Render not evil for evil, Christians. Render blessing to the evil. We will never never see a revival in our country if we render evil for evil. We have got to understand. Number 1, favor for others, I'll go through the others pretty quick, but there's two important to, get, to skip over. Number two, forgiveness. How do you overcome evil with good? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Remembering yours is the key to this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, I'll just quote it to you. Ephesians 4:32. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted. Now listen, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. Okay. Have I ever rendered evil to Lee? Oh, yeah. Has she ever rendered? No, we won't go there. But how do, we, how do you handle that in your marriage, Jim? Well, i got to tell you what. Has Lee ever rendered evil to me? Sure. Well, how do you guys handle that as a married couple? Somebody's got to forgive, don't they? Somebody's got to forgive. You don't render evil for evil. Somebody does you wrong, give them back forgiveness. They don't deserve it. Nor did you. Nor did you. And all you have to do is remember this. There is nothing that will ever happen on this planet that is worse nothing will ever happen to you on this planet that is worse than what you did to jesus christ and if jesus christ forgave you of your sin you can forgive anyone of what they've done to you nothing has ever happened to you that is worse than what you did to jesus christ and he forgave you of your sin you can forgive anyone else brother Shatler, how do you not render evil for evil how do you overcome evil with good? Number one, you show favor. Number two, you show forgiveness. Number three, you show faith. Now, this is a great one. So you got to hear this. And if you're taking notes, you got to get this statement down. It is faith that God's going to use their evil for his glory and your good. Now, I just want that to sink in for a moment. you got to have a faith. That God is gonna take their evil for His glory and your good. We are living in a dark time. 63, I believe the last time I tell you, 63 years I've lived in America. I've lived in Michigan, Florida, and California. And I wanna tell you, I have never seen the evil in America that I see right now. Never. But. The darker the night, the brighter the light. Have you ever thought about this, Platte Valley? That could this be the ground that God could be working for a revival we have never seen in our lifetime? Could the darkness of this night actually lead to the spirit and seeds of revival? We've got to have a faith that what is happening That what evil has been rendered to you in your marriage, your home, your work can actually be turned around to God's glory and your good. I wish I had time to read it. Genesis 45 and Genesis 50. Joseph stands before his brothers and he says these words. You meant it unto me for evil, but God meant it unto good. What you did to me, brothers, was wrong. The way you treated me and what you did to me was wrong. But I have a faith, and I believe the dreams that God gave me, boys. Hey, brothers, look at me, brothers. God gave me those two dreams that you hated. But those two dreams gave me a faith that God was going to move. How do you not render evil for evil? You show favor. And value to someone. You give them forgiveness. And number three, you have a faith that you believe, yeah, what they did was evil. But I'm not going to return the evil for evil. Because I believe God's actually going to use the evil for his glory. And believe it or not, I believe God's going to use it for my good. Isn't that an incredible... That, that, that you, you get that faith? My friend, you will not return evil for evil at that point. Number four, and we're done. Focus. And here's what you got to focus on. We got to as a church focus on truth and mercy. You've got to focus on truth and mercy. Proverbs 16:6 six says this. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. Now listen to this. By mercy and truth, iniquity evil is purged brother Shetler in the time and age that we live on live in how do you focus on truth and mercy number one turn off Fox News turn off CNN you've got to focus not on lies you got to stay focused on the truth now brother Shetler but this person has rendered evil to me It's at work, you know, it's something that's going on at work right now, and and they have done me wrong, and they have done me, okay, here's what you got to do. You got to focus on truth and mercy. I'm not sure I understand what that means. Number one, you ask questions. You don't immediately accuse people. You begin to ask questions, by the way, in your own mind. Why did they do that to me? They say that they love me. Why did they treat me that way? We work together in the same place. What's going on in their life that would cause them to give that evil to me? I I, got to tell you something, gang. I'm seeing the same things. I'm hearing the same things that you're hearing. I see that, and you just want to respond. But you think to yourself, what's wrong with these people? Well, what is wrong with them? What happened in their life that they're acting this way? What happened in their life you begin to ask questions, and then you ask questions of them. Ask them questions. Get to the truth. Begin to discern. We, we have lost so much discernment. You need, number one, wisdom. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Ask questions to focus on truth and mercy. Number two, oh, this is so good. Wait and weigh out your response. Oh, Brother Scheller, I'm going to respond. Yeah, 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 yeah. But don't render evil for evil. Well, how do you not do that? You wait on your response. You weigh out other options, and you ask God, God, you know what I feel right now, and you know what I want to say to that person right now. But I heard this stupid message in church on Sunday, render evil, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing. Oh, I want to get into a debate with them right now. I want to tear them apart right now. <coughs> but I'm supposed to ask questions. Okay, I'll ask a few questions. Then wait and weigh out your response. Lord, how would you want me to respond to what has been done to me? Because what was done to me is wrong. God, I'm going to wait a day before I respond. I'm not going to respond right now, and I'm going to ask you to help me come up with a solution on how to respond to the evil that was done. They slandered me. I'm going to lose my job because of this. This has jeopardized our marriage because of what they did, because of what he or she said or did or went or whatever. God, something's got to happen. But I don't want to render evil for evil, so what do I do? I ask questions. Number two, I wait and wait. And number three, and we're done. I confront with a cure. Now, this is the coolest thing in the world. I confront with a, a cure. In other words, I don't just confront them. Okay, bud, I'm responding to you. But I'm going to confront them because what they did was evil. But I'm going to confront them with a cure. I'm going to give them a solution, maybe to save their own face. Like, I don't think they really meant to do this, and this is going to look really bad. I'm going to give them a cure. I'm going to, out of love, truth and mercy... I am going to confront the person because of the evil that they did. But I'm going to give a cure. And I'm telling you, Christian, in the heart of every one of us, because we're also Americans and we love our country, in the heart of every one of us, we want to render back what we're we're seeing and what's happening. I encourage you to, number one, ask questions. Number two, wait and wait. And number three, when you confront the evil, confront it with a cure. And that cure, my friend, is Jesus Christ and the Word of God. And we've got to be able to give them an answer for the hope that dwelleth in us. Right now, our Christianity is more important in America. You, You say you're patriotic, you say you love America. Let me tell you the greatest thing to do then. Be the Christian God wants you to be right now because you guys have the answer. And render not evil for evil or railing for railing, but a blessing. Brother Scheller, how? How do we respond? How does good overcome evil? By favor. By forgiveness. By faith. And by a focus on truth and mercy. And I'll tell you, Platte Valley, You'll fill this building up because this world is dying for the cure that we have in Christ. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. So I ask a couple questions. And I'm asking you to be honest and transparent. How many of you would say, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, that your spirit, your words or even your actions, one of those three, your spirit, your words, or your action, or two or three of all of those, you have been rendering evil for evil in your heart. You have been rendering evil for evil with your words. You have been rendering railing for railing with your actions. How many of you would say today, Brother Shetler, I need, to stop rendering evil for evil. I don't care what relationship it may be. It may even be with people you don't even know. But in your spirit and in your heart, you have had a spirit of vengeance, which God says vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And you have wanted to overcome evil with evil. Your heart has been bent on getting back. Maybe at a spouse, maybe at a child, maybe at a parent, maybe at a co-worker, maybe at a church member. And this morning, God has convicted you. I need to stop rendering evil for evil. And I need to be a doer of what I've heard today and not just a hearer. And by God's grace and for God's glory, I am going To understand the favor and value of all human beings. I am going to forgive the evil that comes to me. By God's grace, I'm going to have the faith to believe that even the evil that's been done, I have been so negative in my spirit. I need to start believing God's going to do something. Brother Shetler, I'm going to focus on truth and mercy. God has spoken to my heart. There are takeaways from this message that I need. And by God's grace and for God's glory, I want to make a decision and a commitment to God that I will not render evil for evil, but I will overcome evil with good. And God has spoken to my heart. If that is true in your heart, as a commitment to God, would you be willing to stand to your feet right now where you are? and say, God, I want to begin by giving blessing and not rendering evil for evil. God has spoken to my heart today, and I want to be a doer of this word. If that's true, could you stand up right now where you are and just say, God, this message was for me, and I know what I needed. I know what I need to do. I'm going to ask for just a moment the piano to play. If God spoke to your heart, and you want to come down and pray, you can pray right in your seat if you want. But if you want to come down and pray, would you come right down, right now, and just say, God, I'm making, a, I'm making a commitment to this, and I'm coming. Or just take a moment right where you are and just pray and say, God, no more rendering evil for evil. God spoke to my heart. Amen. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, some of these are just praying right now. I want to ask another question. I know Pastor will probably say more. But today, if there's someone in here, I want you to know that your soul is so valuable to Jesus Christ that he was willing to die on the cross. My friend, the gospel is the good news that no matter how depraved we are, Jesus will save you. Jesus will take you to heaven. Is there anyone here, I will not embarrass you, I will not call you down. I would love to pray for you. Is there anyone here? You could stay seated, but with a raised hand, you'd say, Brother Shettler, I need Jesus Christ in my heart. I've never been forgiven of sin, so I can't forgive others. I need Christ to save me from my sin, and I need to know that I'm on my way to heaven. Brother Shettler, that was a good message, but that's not what I need. What I need is Christ. Would you pray with me? If that's true, would you raise your hand? Is there anyone like that today that needs to get saved? You just need to trust the Lord. Thank you. The rest of you can sit down as you want to, as you feel led to. Amen. Amen. Pastor.
2: hearts are challenged by his word every every time we hear the word of God uh, preached and proclaimed it it uh, makes us reflect doesn't it and the thing that I found is when you take the perfect word of God and you start reflecting in an imperfect person you always find things that need to be fixed and I thank God for the challenge and and uh it, it it is hard brother it's hard to have the right attitude right now. And uh, I appreciate that challenge today because our God is bigger. And uh, uh, what, what a joy it is to be challenged and to uh, just better our walk, to have the joy that the devil so often tries to rob us of and to just be able to, uh, to love them like he loved them. And like he loves us and uh, uh, how, how grateful we are for a wonderful savior and how grateful we are for his word and uh, just the time that we can come and worship him. And, and uh, you know, and, and the great thing, too, is when we take those things just as you did today and you confess those to God and, and you get those things right with him, you walk out of here, you're, you're restored and you're revived. And you are what God wants you to be right now. And so uh, thank God for that. If there are any questions after this service is over, uh, you uh, catch up with me. Be uh, happy to help. And uh, please, please continue to pray for Little Mackay's family. And uh, as they're just trying to seek some direction in in, uh, what what needs to be done there. And uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway. You know, I, I didn't do this. I wasn't going to, but um, I'd like the ushers, if you guys would grab the plates, I'd just like to take up a love offering for Brother Shetler. I know it's spur of the moment. You don't have anything that's, you know, God always meets the needs, but uh, i love uh, to take up a love offering for the Shetlers and, and uh, be a blessing to them. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, crazy times that, that we live in and and. Churches are challenged during this time. Incomes are challenged, and uh, God just continues to bless as we are generous with what God has done uh, for us. And so we want to be a blessing to them, too. And we just look forward to uh, the rest of this day. What a wonderful day. And uh, Brother Shetler, thank you for the challenging message today. <clears throat> and we'll uh, do this. And then, sorry, Miss Laura, I even put you on the spot. You know, I, I was thinking of this also as uh, she's playing that offertory today. We we just take her for granted. I I know I do, and and uh, I just uh, you know it's not all talent. There's a lot of hard work uh, goes into playing that piano and practicing and dedication. And uh, Laura, we love you and uh, appreciate that. So, Sam we'll give you the scepter and uh, would you ask the lord's blessing on on this offering at this time please brother
1: heavenly father we're just we're thankful for this church and for all the messages that we hear father especially the one today we just ask your blessing upon brother shetler and just uh just to uh, continue with his work uh, him working for you father and and uh Let us glorify you through him, Father, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
2: Uh, one thing I would like to do, uh, Kevin, I'll have you set up on on our online giving a uh, special place if if you want to uh, give uh, something. We'll start a fund for Little Makai's family. Um, we'll do that. We'll set up a fund on on online giving uh, through the next couple two or three weeks. Uh, we will, if you want to designate some giving to that. Um, let, let's do that, and we'll see what else we can do. But uh, we will uh, w- we'll be a part of that and uh, try to be a help to that family. So I remember little Makai and and uh, Lynn, uh, I stopped in there. Uh, we were getting ready for VBS about three years ago, and. Uh, uh, just stopped in and and hand out handed out brochures, you know, and inviting kids to come to vbs and and uh, he and his sister Jay Lynn started coming and and uh, I was telling him about quam. and and that's when i I met his, I believe it was his grandfather I met, and his grandfather told me that he'll be there for Quam and uh, started coming to Quam that year too. and and uh, uh, just such a good little boy and made such an impact and uh, we just never know do we <clears throat> so we'll we'll be a part of that and uh try to be a help there too so good to see everybody let's stand and we will be dismissed in a word of prayer and uh god bless you for uh, being here in the, in the uh services today father we thank you thank you for your word thank you for it's through the word that we were introduced to our savior and Father, I thank you for Christ and not just saving us, but helping us to walk strongly and powerfully in a wicked world and, and show people that there's something much better than what this world has. And Lord, I pray that you help us as a church family to to uh, be an ambassador of that. And I, I pray that you help us to walk courageously and, and to uh, promote your word and to to never be ashamed of the gospel, but truly to, to be willing to share that whenever the opportunity arises. And, and Lord, I thank you for calling us to that. I thank you for calling Thane to, uh, into a, a full-time ministry. And, and Lord, the, the uh, not necessarily a burden, but knowing the calling. And, and uh, thank you that we get to celebrate that today. And Lord, I just thank you for our church family. and I pray your hand be upon each one of us. I pray you bless this day. Pray you bring us back when the doors are open and guide and direct us, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless. If we sit over here, and he stood up over there.